Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. This is Heather Michelle from Grave Shadow. This is Bill from Striker. This is Amanda Kiernan from The Order of Chaos. This is Drog from Winterhem, and you're listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Podcast listeners, this is Gone Dog back with another Metal Artist interview. Today we're reaching back into North America to speak with Dan from Quebec folk metalers Valfreya. Dan, thank you so much for joining us on the Great Metal Debate. Very happy to be here. I've been aware of you guys for some time. It really seems like Montreal and Toronto are all hotbeds of metal with a lot of acts that I just love. What's the Quebec metal scene like, and is it more competition or camaraderie? I'd say it depends, uh, maybe a bit of both, but I would you know, tend more towards uh, comrades and helping each other out. Um, that's the way I see it anyway, so I, you know, I don't uh, tend to see that much competition between bands. So, And do you have many other bands that follow in your specific genre, the folk and uh, Viking-type metal, or do you see more of a mix of power and melodic death and a, more of a variety of metal bands? I would answer variety. Uh, to be honest, um, the folk metal type is getting a bit bigger over time, but I wouldn't say there's a whole lot of bands doing it uh, right now. Um, and I would say the most predominant uh, style of metal in Quebec is probably technical death metal. It's uh, We have a lot of bands going on and playing that kind of music, uh, and it's, uh, it seems to be enjoyed by a lot of people here in Quebec. Um, you know, there's like Beyond Creation that's really big right now, guys from Quebec. Um, there's tons of other bands, uh, Terra Mobile. Uh, I could name a few just like that off the top of my head. But yeah, it's it seems to be really the type that's uh, standing out right now, I would say. And a band like Beyond Creation, who we've had on the podcast before, has been able to tour extensively. Uh, does that give a lot of hope and promise to a local band to, to, to see a band from your area strike out and do so well? Uh, yeah, it's actually very positive. Uh, they're really nice people. I mean, I've had the chance to meet with uh, Kevin, with uh, Hugo, bass player, and um, they're, they're great people, and I'm really happy for them. Uh, they're really great musicians, so yeah, I hope we can do the same, follow in their footsteps. But they're really on a, uh, you know, surfing the wave right now, and I'm really, really happy for them. Well, Dan, since this is the, your first time on our podcast, uh, we'll ask you to give a brief, maybe perfunctory band bio, just you know how the band initially came to be, and and just those kind of background details. Sure. Um, well, basically, Valfreya was started by Crook, our singer, um, in 2009, and uh, that's it. She had basically uh, uh, songs she wanted to uh, play with a band, uh, but it was, you know, she likes the kind of folk metal, but with a bit more aggressiveness in it, and that's how Valfreya came to be. Now, I joined the band just a few months later in October or November of 2009, and have been in the band since then, and... Uh, 
that's roughly how it started, and uh, that's it. We got our first album out in 2012, Path to Eternity, and uh, that's it. Just released the most recent one, um, Promised Land, uh, this past January, so uh, roughly that's it. And I want to talk a little bit about that first full-length album, Path to Eternity, from 2012. That was my first exposure to you, and I'll be honest, man. When I first heard that, I was blown away by you guys. That's one hell of an album. Uh, Thank you. What was the process coming up with that? I mean, were a lot of those tracks tracks that you guys just riffed on the the first few times you got together? How, How did that germinate? Actually, most of the album was written by Crook. Uh, she made all the orchestrations, uh, wrote the lyrics and everything. Basically, I came in and just readjusted the guitar parts. I actually also happened to do the bass parts. At that time, I was the single guitar player, and I think we just had a new bass player, but you know, I felt more comfortable taking care of the whole thing myself. But roughly, that's how it got done. Uh, so actually, orchestration was um, written first, and there was some guitar parts, but I readjusted them to, you know, for them to make sense, so to speak. Um, and uh, there's only, the only one track that uh, Krug didn't write, at least fully, uh, is uh, Beyond Illusions, which uh, I had a, you know, a good say in, and uh, that's roughly how the process went at that time. So what did that release do for the band again? I was blown away when I first heard it. I'm, I'm sure it had to have really carried you guys up to another level. Yeah, well, it was really interesting. The uh, response in general was pretty good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we got to sell quite a few copies over time and, you know, uh, digital albums and such. So, yeah, the response uh, we were pretty happy with. We got to, uh, you know, do a tour, a uh, Canadian tour, that is, with uh, Arcona, um, which we've done again uh, later, but uh, that's it. And, yeah, it opened a few doors for us. I mean, we got to open a few uh, you know, you know, bigger shows like uh, opening for Dark Tranquility uh, in Montreal. Uh, we did so as well in uh, Toronto. And uh, that's it. So, yeah, we were uh, happy with the response we got uh, overall. And I have to ask in advance of talking about the most recent album, Promised Land, did touring and, and sharing the stage with bands on the level of Arcona, who I just think are amazing, and Dark Tranquility as well. I mean, they're one of the godfathers of melodic death metal. Did those experiences influence you all musically? I mean, did you take anything away from being with those bands and hearing their music live? Um, I'm going to speak for myself because I can't say for the other in the the others in the band, but I would say not really. Um. I mean, I've been listening to Dark Tranquility for a very long time, and not so much lately. I've kind of, kind of outgrown uh, what they're doing. Not that I don't like it, but you know, not as interesting as I used to find it. But um, uh, the fact touring with them, no, uh, I wouldn't say it really uh, affected the uh, writing process or you know the way the second album sounds. Who you shared the stage with doesn't necessarily affect what's going on in your head or what you're producing I guess behind the scenes no not so much for the production Uh, I mean it can affect the uh, let's say the level of uh, you know, being pro- as professional as possible you see them doing their thing and you know it's really 
you know, they were, they're really prepared and making sure everything is done properly. And, uh, you know, I've seen guys in Arcona just like blow a fuse because things were not going their way and they had a big talk and such. So, you know, little things that happened during a tour. But, uh, yeah, seeing that, you know, you, you realize you're not, uh, you know, even a, bi- a band that's way more successful, the, um, you you see they still have the same issues as smaller bands. I mean, you know, dealing with other people, just, you know, it's basically like dealing with family and, you know, being around the, the same people all the time. So um, that's it. But no, as far as uh, writing music and such, uh, I don't find it uh, affected anything. Following Path to Eternity, your release of that album, you all took a little bit of a detour releasing an acoustic EP. I was, I'm kind of surprised at that, given how aggressive some of the songs on Path to Eternity are. Why did the band decide to go that route? Um, I actually just, you know, shot the idea like that uh, at a band practice, like, oh, we should do an acoustic version of our songs. And I was not really, well, let's say half joking, but uh, actually people took it seriously and they were like, well, why not? It might be a good idea. So, you know, the idea, the idea started from there and finally we ended up doing it. Um, and basically we get to play a couple of extra shows uh, acoustically. Um, like there's this medieval fair in Montreal in May and we've been going there. So we get to sell uh, our albums, both metal and uh, acoustic. And uh, that's it. It might have opened a few doors for us. So, you know, why not? You're not the only band to do it, and it surprises me sometimes how often bands who really trade in very aggressive sounds and musical styles will go the acoustic route. I I think it's very interesting talking to you as an artist, you know, kind of how you consider that that, uh, dichotomy. Yeah, well, I mean, um, especially given... uh the way Valfreya not works, but uh, my singer's capabilities. Uh, you know, Crook uh, can has a very beautiful singing voice, and I mean, she studied classical singing and such. So, you know, it was a chance to really, um, you know, use that a bit more and uh, try to go for a smoother sound, but still be Valfreya and. Uh, you know, use the, basically the same orchestrations. Um, you know, with time, I wish we could have uh, uh, created a bit more differences over on the guitar parts. Uh, you know, uh, put them, um, you know, uh, better uh, play them, not play them, but uh, arrange them acoustically speaking for a guitar. But, you know, it is what it is. It's done. So maybe for the next one. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. Talking about the vocals, I had a specific question about vocals, and I just put it out there. I'm a big fan of bands that employ a variety of vocal styles, and so I'm curious, in the writing process, do you all as musicians have any concept about you know the differentiation between the harsh or clean vocals, or is that pretty much on Crook as the vocalist to choose where to maybe pull back and go sweet and melodic and where to just crush it? Vocally, I would say for the most part, Crook decides what she wants where. 
But I mean, she's, you know, she's open to suggestions as well. If, if I'm like, listen, you know, maybe we should try on this part to go smoother and such. I'm sure she'd, you know, give it a try, see what can be done if it works, if it doesn't. But uh, yeah, overall, she 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 basically chooses uh, what she wants, where she wants it, uh, as far as vocal goes. Does that ever surprise you? Her choices. I mean, as you're as you're constructing a song together as a band, do you ever do you have in your mind the way things will play out, and then later as you're jamming on it or recording it goes in a different direction uh yeah actually um on uh, at least one song on the uh, newer album promised land there's one that one part i was not expecting to get clean singing but it just fits so well but yeah i, I was not expecting the part so when i first heard it i was like oh this is refreshing it's kind of cool you know so yeah it happens once in a while just you know testing out things while uh, practicing well let's talk about that new album promised land i've had a chance to listen to it a few times it's actually jamming to it at work today uh, my <laughs> boss came in and gave me a kind of an odd look there's just so much good stuff on there in some ways very similar to the earlier album path to eternity but also you guys you're pulling out some different things. There's some different sounds and influences there. Tell me generally about that album and kind of your thought process behind it. Well, I mean, okay, the idea started a little bit like Path to Eternity in the sense that um, we had this like uh, concept story we wanted to do, and so we were trying to go and fit the um, uh, the mood for the songs to you know go somewhere go with the lyrics. Um, but in the end, uh, it was a long process. I mean, uh, it took five years uh, from you know uh, Path to Eternity up to Promised Land. We would we wish we would have you know uh, been able to complete it quicker, but you know things uh, uh, with what they are, uh, this happened. And um, overall, I'd say if you listen to the album, it feels like. Uh, not that we're searching for our sound, but you see different influences, like songs like Mortal Supremacy is almost more power metal-ish. Yes. And uh, you have Evolution, which is more uh, progressive type mm -hmm. metal, um, less big on orchestrations. And you have the uh, some other songs that resemble closer to... Uh, the songs on Path to Eternity, like you know, Odin's Fury, Warlords, um, Pandemonium, which I find have more of that sound. And one thing we wanted to do is, uh, as far as the guitar goes, uh, get more interesting, uh, intricate guitar parts versus the first album, which uh, was sort of straightforward guitar-wise. I, I, you know, um, let's say I had to do it again, I, I would do it a bit differently. But, you know, with experience, you, it's a learning process. So, you know, uh, I try to apply uh, new things I've learned and, uh, you know, uh, make things a bit more interesting as far as I'm concerned. So uh, that's pretty much it. I was a little shocked at some of the songs just because <laughs> I was anticipating more of a quote, traditional pagan or folk metal sound, and you guys definitely were not going to be hemmed in by that. No. Um, I mean, I always, I always felt we were a bit uh, in between black metal and folk metal. Uh, 
Uh, and you hear some of that on Path to Eternity um, uh, on certain tracks. You feel they're more dark, like a bit Inferno, uh, for example, the second song on the uh, on Path. Um, and there's um, uh, can't remember the name. But anyways, there's another song like that that's really uh, you know black metal ish uh, on the album. And uh, that's it. We've kind of recreated that for some parts, and I feel. Uh, it's closer to the actual Valfreya sound. Um, although we do touch the mo- more folkish uh, side with uh, on the new album with tracks like Promised Land and uh, Peuple du Nord, which is the French song we uh, inserted in there. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> which I love, by the way, although I can't sing along with it because I don't... <laughs> I can't speak a word of French, so that's fine. Uh, but but it's still awesome, you know. I can I can make the make the sounds along. So have, <laughs> so I, it's just been released this new album, Promised Land. Have you been generally pleased with early reviews and responses from fans, folks who've heard it? Yeah, so far, I mean, the comeback we've had is really nice. Um, I hope we get some more, you know, feedback overall. But uh, yeah. So far, response, uh, people are really happy with it, and uh, we're glad because, I mean, uh, that's it. After all this time, you know, uh, you want to, like, keep your fan base, so you want to come up with something new. But, of course, you know, um, we write some things we like as much as possible, and so we hope people will enjoy what we're doing, and that's it. So far, so good. So we'll see uh, what the future holds. Well, I'm not an artist. I'm not a musician. So I'm crazy intrigued by musicians and artists. In addition to listening to the music, I always like looking at the album art. And I understand that your own vocalist, Crook, provided the album art for this album. She must be a lady of a lot of different talents. Yeah, actually, she also did the album cover for Pat. So she took care of the whole thing. So, yeah, she's uh, she has a lot of on her plate, though, because it's a lot of work, you know, writing songs, booking shows and all. So she she does a lot of things. Uh, but, yeah, that's just one more thing she does. So it's kind of helpful because, I mean, uh, otherwise, you know, to get that kind of work done, well, you know, it's extra costs and everything. So at least, you know, the things we're able to do properly, well, we do ourselves. So. <laughs> Right. Worth noting, you're an independent band, so it's a, a yep. lot of DIY, do-it-yourself mm-hmm. for you guys as far as making this band work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, now that Promised Land has been released, what are the band's plans for the rest of the coming year? Have you all had an, a CD release type show? Do you have anything like that planned in the works? Yeah, well, we did our release show on January 13th in Montreal. Um, now we were, uh, you know, planning on, uh, checking for additional shows, maybe a release in Quebec City and such, try to see what we can do. But, uh, we kind of find ourselves in a, in a bind. Um, we had our drummer quit on us as well as the second guitar player. So, we're kind of stuck for the moment. We'll have to, you know, unfortunately find uh, other musicians to replace them. So in the meantime, you know, uh, show-wise, we're, we can't do much. But, you know, we're trying to still promote the album and uh, do what we can to uh, keep things alive, so to speak. And I think that dynamic is something that's just underappreciated by fans who rightly are excited about their the bands that they love, excited, wanting to get new material, see you guys on tour, 
and yet understand that many of the band members they're making it, having to make life decisions about raising a family, doing careers, and staying with the band, and and that can be a very difficult thing, and and those real world life decisions can impact the band and set you back. I don't know if that's part of the reason that it was five years to develop the new album, but but, but certainly going forward, that's always something that a independent band where folks have to have second jobs you, you just have to take that into consideration absolutely and i mean uh you know as for the five years it's uh, a different combination of things it was uh creative differences it was um also getting along with bandmates sometimes you know it needs to click and if it doesn't well people leave for something else and such so it's a you know a lot of a lot of those things that can happen, and that's the thing. I mean, we were a, a six-member group, so you know, six people having to get along, wanting the same things, um, wanting to write the same time of music. It's not always easy. So it's like you know, being in a couple, but with six people. <laughs> so it can get pretty complex. And yes, for the jobs, definitely. I mean, um, it, it's kind of difficult because, I mean, you have to be able to uh, play the shows, sometimes tour a little bit, but still keep your job and have money coming in because like anybody else, we have things to pay, you know. Um, and it there comes a time when, you might be able to tour more, but then you don't make enough to live. But, you know, it, it, it gets difficult at a point. So you have to choose whether you want to keep pushing and live through maybe rough times for a while to try to, you know, um, go further and uh, get bigger shows and such. Or, Bell, that's it. Some people pull out at that time because they're like, no, I can't do this. Or, as you said, you know, family matters or, you know, getting a kid or, you know, Sometimes people just decide they they can't go on, and that's it. That's you know a lot of things the bands have to live, and uh, you know it's life. <laughs> well, Dan, I'm I'm glad you're sticking with it, and Crook as well. I'm excited about this new album, and certainly hope someday to get to see you guys on the road. Before we wrap up with you, remind our listeners what are the best ways for fans to purchase music and merchandise, including this new album, Promised Land, from Balfreya. Sure. Um, well, probably the easiest way to get our music is um, you can find our Facebook page, uh, which is uh, you know facebook.com slash Valfreya Metal, uh, or just search for us there. It should be easy to find. From there, we have links to go on our either Bandcamp or on a um, website like CD Baby and such, and uh, you can purchase our music there. You, it's distributed on iTunes, on Amazon and such, so it should be easy to find at least in digital form format and then as far as uh, uh, CDs, shirts and such uh, we're on a website called ifmerch.com uh, I believe, hold on and uh, that's it, you can order the merchandise from there, yeah ifmerch.com and uh, that's it, you can find our merchandise there so if you want to you know, get hooked up with a shirt, um, CD and such, well they're on sale right there I can't encourage our listeners more to listen to this new album, Promised Land. Check out Valfreya. Again, their album, Path to Eternity, turned me on to them, and this new album has really blown me away. If you're a fan of folk metal, if you're a fan of black metal, if you're a fan of heavy metal, listen to Valfreya. You're going to find something there you like. 
Dan, thanks so much for taking the time to join us this evening. You're very welcome. It was my pleasure.